nice touch. My um, my best friend at much of primary school was a guy called William, um, whose dad was the minister, and whose mum was a GP, and they had a Labrador. <laughs> right now, I'm not saying that what happens in our childhood feeds through into our adulthood, but um, uh, I do occasionally when I go up to the time that my mum lives in, get a little bit of stick, you know, in, in that regard. Um, you know, you didn't have to sort of follow in that way directly, um, but uh, that's um, who we are. But, yeah, he, he was my, my friend, uh, and... The, there was a time that I was uh, I was round at the manse. So I spent quite a lot of time uh, round at the manse, and uh, th- there was a party going on. The, 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 it was round about New Year time, not actually New Year itself, but round about that time, and it was a New Year's party. Uh, and I was stood uh, along with William, who was the oldest of the three boys. The, the other two being Benjamin and Dan. And uh, I was stood with them, uh, and this family member, this distant family member, came along and couldn't work out why there was four sons. <laughs> they couldn't remember who, who was who and what was going on. Uh, so I integrated into that one. We, we have friends that we have things in common with, perhaps the same body shape, maybe the same class. Um, uh, I had a friend at school who was five hours older than me. <laughs> you know, so we'd always kind of growing up together. Um, the th- things in common um, usually brings us to that point. And also we maybe become friends because we discovered that we can, we can trust in each other. In John 15, we can see that uh, Jesus says, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. The depth of friendship in what Jesus offers us is, is beyond anything else. But we see a deep friendship here with Jonathan and David, which is perhaps maybe the closest of other friendships in the Bible. There is complete trust between the two young men. Now, Jonathan has every right to be a little bit suspicious of David more so perhaps than Saul Saul is the one that's worrying about his kingship but Jonathan has no fears about losing his inheritance (laughs) 
He has no fears about David's presence at the palace. And he offers this man that is of Jesse, a farmer, but perhaps poor in terms of relationship to the uh, the wealth of the palace. He, he offers him royal clothing, royal robes, investments and it goes beyond that gives him the belt and the sword and even a bow for hunting Jonathan makes David an equal in that household And when Jonathan later dies, David will say in 2 Samuel 1, I grieve for you, Jonathan, my brother. You were very dear to me. Your love for me was wonderful, more wonderful than that of women. You know, it's, it's a love that is perhaps even more than you might experience in a marriage. It's the thing, the closeness that is there it seems to be a very intimate understanding of friendship and one that today we perhaps might hear of from those that have been on a battlefield those that have spent time together exhausted and exhilarated sleeping, eating, doing everything else in close proximity, day after day, each trusting fully in the other for their very existence. That's the friendship that Jonathan seeks in David and David responds with, with Jonathan. But Saul, Jonathan's father, has suffered with mental health for some time. Before the story of David and Goliath, Saul and David meet. And Saul wanted to be soothed of his worries, of his concerns. He needed somebody to come and play sweet music that would relax. Music perhaps like the psalms that we record, psalms like we sang at the beginning of the service, that praise God from whom all blessings flow. There's a sense there we see relationship developing, but yet Saul just listened to the music and didn't think much about who was playing it. Then after the battle, at the start of our passage today, he says, who are you? You know, before that point, it was very much, I'm the king, you're the musician. But now he starts to say, who are you? This person that had actually performed a role as an uh, as an armour bearer, somebody that helped him 
B King But now the music of the lyre doesn't relax the king anymore. It's a reminder of David's presence. And it seems instead to irritate and get under his skin. But whatever Saul does, David is faithful. Because not only is David a good friend to Jonathan, he loves God and he wants to do what is right by God. And he sees Saul as the anointed king. Although David has been anointed himself, although there is a point that he will be king, although this word has been shared, David honours what God has done in the past and waits his time. And as we carry on reading chapter after chapter, that's what happens. David is an honourable man, for the most part. I had a discussion this morning where I was saying, all these folk in the Bible are really good. And there was over coffee. I was sat here. And uh, I was saying, all these folk in the, in the Bible are really great until you see the flaw in them. You know, with David, he's the most wonderful king that we see. And then he doesn't go to war and he ends up ogling Bathsheba. You know, there's failures we're all human and all the people in the bible are human they they all go and muck it up uh, every one of them falls from grace just as we do we try to live the right way but we get it wrong As David tries to live the right way, he succeeds. God is with him in this passage. And we see that Saul tries to get rid of him. He, yeah, go off and fight some battles. Go and be in charge of the army. Have some thousand-odd soldiers to look after. And he comes back victorious with his star shining even brighter. David succeeds in all he does, not simply through his good efforts, but because the Lord is with him. And it develops a, a spiralling decline. In Saul. The more David succeeds, the more pain Saul becomes. But that does not hinder the relationship with Jonathan. 
because Jonathan is a friend. He's Saul's son. He's the heir apparent to the throne. But to Jonathan, that doesn't matter. The king's son becomes a protector and an aid. A few chapters after this, in chapter 20, it is Jonathan that hatches a plan to discover the king's intentions, to ask him and then communicate that to David. To issue a coded warning that David must flee. The relationship between the friends is tighter than that between father and son. I wonder whether we are good friends. Are we good friends to those that we have? Those that are around us, those that are our neighbours? Are we somebody that they can trust? Trust with the greatest challenge that's facing them in their life? The burning issue? The pain that they're going through? Sometimes we might fall down on that. What about our friendship with the Heavenly Father? Is it always strong? How do we encourage it to grow? And do we let our earthly friends pull us away from that relationship? Are there times that we could do better but because of our peer group there's something else going on in our life <coughs> what sort of friend are we 